This episode of Legends of the Internet contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Legends of the Internet for our first episode of this season. It's the dark web. Joining me for this episode is Dev Kit. What's going on, Dev? Oh, not much. Been raining. <laughs> so we did a poll with a lot of our fans from the past few months asking them exactly what they want to see in terms of content and one of the things they wanted us to talk about is the dark web so that's why we're here today what is the dark web that's the question that everybody has been asking like what is what is so intriguing and why do people talk about it so much so this is an excerpt from the ted x brighton talk that was entitled the dark web this is by alan pierce so who's using this stuff? Well, actually, all sorts of people. Journalists and activists, aid workers and descendants, whistleblowers and free speech advocates, criminals and spies, all sorts of people use deep web tools to be anonymous on the internet. Pierce would later going on to explain that the dark web has become a haven for individuals that just want to hide from the NSA and other government agencies like the FBI and the CIA to spy on its citizens. Uh, whenever a message contain, uh, emailed message contains the words kill, bomb, and some politician's name attached to it, the cops will usually get to the message recipient first before getting to the message sender. Both parties get included in the no-fly list and other kinds of government watch lists online. Even conversations done in Second Life and My Little Pony get monitored now. I don't know if you knew about this. But thanks to those keywords, because according to Pierce, ISIS has lurked in the My Little Pony territory to conceal their communication and codes. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, that's, um, that's something. Then the other reason why people would rather hang out in the dark web is rampant commercialization. It's like watching a video of Chris Chan or Dark Side Phil on YouTube. And YouTube remembers, so the latter keeps on recommending clips based on your viewing history. As for the other search engines, one time the keyword hemorrhoids, and you'll see on your social newsfeed recommendations on laxatives and other anecdotes to hemorrhoids. Pierce shows a screenshot of how a medical company tweeted him an ad link asking him if he still has problems sitting down. Since days before the ad link was tweeted to him, he searched on Twitter hemorrhoids. So, what I'm about to read is a transcript excerpt from a YouTube clip entitled Four True Dark Deep Web Horror Stories. This was uploaded last year, around this time, May 22nd of last year, months after the reported arrest of Lysel Mar Margallo. I don't know if you know who that person is. Uh, as so, uh, This is what the transcript says, and I quote, As someone who spent years on the deep web primarily to get drugs and use anonymous message boards, I want to clear some things surrounding this. Before I start, 
I don't recommend you use the deep web even if you find some sites that work. Most of the well-known ones are either inactive or shut down. I don't recommend getting too deep into it. You will get addicted to using the deep web if you keep using it because the deeper you get, the more you know. The more you know, the more you want to know, and so on and so on. I would also like to say the deep web consists of a lot of criminals and you should not mess with these criminals, so watch your step. Think about the deep web as a chasm full of water. Different fish swim in different depths. The deeper they are, the darker things they deal with. There's no official hierarchy, so take it with a grain of salt. It's based upon my personal experiences with the deep web, and the further down it is, the harder it is to access. Let's start off with the first step. Drug dealers, weird pornography, anonymous message boards, mostly without child pornography, arms dealers, stolen goods, prostitutes, etc. Not much to say here. Most of these sites can be accessed with a regular Tor browser. Step two, con artists and organizations roam here. When I say organizations, I don't mean like a softer Google, but extremists and larger gangs. Usually, their message boards are either completely inaccessible or heavily secured. So don't bother accessing these if you're a layman. It's probably best to stay out of their business anyway. The con artists tend to be people who make themselves out to be hitmen and contraband dealers. Whether they're cops or just con artists who want you to waste your money on them. Hitmen are rare to come by on the deep web, and they don't roam around on sites that can be accessed by a regular Tor client. Step three, light kitty porn message boards and gore sites. Now, this is where you should definitely just fuck off. Don't go there. The kitty porn message boards is people trading pictures, selling and buying for Bitcoins or any cryptocurrencies. Mostly Bitcoin, though. From what I saw, it was less abuse and mostly just naked children. Now, the gore sites aren't lively gore, best gore, with everything ranging from HD, talking professional for taking professional photography, torture movies, to cell phone pictures of people getting beaten up. It may not sound bad, but it contains some very twisted stuff. There's a category of gore dedicated to skull raping alive humans. Now, this is where they drill into the victim's skull and then screw their brains until the person dies. And people and people go missing. They might end up here, I imagine. It's mostly brown and Hispanic people doing it. Seems to be low abundance of white people on the site. I imagine that the ones that are there are unlikely tours. Now, if you figured out how to get here, I have one piece of advice. Avoid posting anything unless you really know what you're doing. The people in gore boards are ruthless, and you really don't want to go mess around here. Watching is fine, but be quiet. Step four. Hacking boards, passworded boards, and hardcore child pornography. Illegal services like legit hitmen also roam here, so this is where you have to be very careful. Hacking boards are usually pretty locked, but the more open ones tend to discuss how to create effective malware and good hacking software for a somewhat tech-savvy background. I can assure you that these guys are definitely professionals. I have no idea what the closed hacking boards spend their time doing, but imagine it's based around organizing hacking attacks and so on. Nobody has any idea what goes on in the passworded board. It is theorized that they are a child pornography form or that there are boards linked to open boards. Hardcore child pornography is pretty self-explanatory. Usually it involves penetration but not actual abuse. The adults in the video seem to love the children more than they hate them. It's kind of like a porn hub for pedophiles. 
I obviously don't condone that shit, but with the amount of shit I've seen on the deep web, I'm starting to not care. Hitmen here are very obscure and very strict. So if you want to, to place a hit on someone, you do it exactly like they tell you to. And if they don't, they won't do it. Step five. Now this place really takes the cake. It's nearly impossible to access for a layman, and I won't tell you how to do it. All I can say is that other people have been there apparently, but don't trust that they're just regular people. There are stringing sites similar to Twitch. However, much lag here and has simpler layouts dedicated to abusing people and animals in strange ways. Most of the rooms I've been to have been really cheap. You pay $50 to $100 in cryptocurrency to have people tortured your way. The layout is pretty easy to navigate. You click on a stream, and you can pay to have it done. There's a two-minute stream delay since it obviously goes through a lot of security to avoid getting busted. Like regular streaming sites, there are also popular streamers, and these guys cost a whole lot more. But they also use higher quality gear and do more specific tasks. For example, there was a kid around five years old, I'd say, who got his eyes catarized with a blowtorch for $2,000. Usually it isn't this expensive, but children don't grow on trees, so the streamers have to charge more for permanent damage. It works this way because if one person pays, let's say, four Bitcoin, for having a child's foot cut off, the next person who happens to have a foot fetish can't have his needs met in the same way. It's disgusting, but it's just the way it is. The actual URL is different, so don't bother trying. Whose name I won't mention due to the safety reasons has created a pressure tank from scratch. It has a lot of features, the obvious being manipulating pressure, but it can heat up sort of like a brazen bowl. Now, for those of you who don't know what a brazen bowl is, it's a bowl made from brass with a hatch on top, and the victim is thrown into it, and the bowl is heated up. The person is then roasted to death. Inside the tank, there is a camera, and for a rather large amount of money, you can have a person, child, teenager, adult, or old, no discrimination, killed in exactly your way. I don't know what it's capable of, but after seeing a person being roasted alive and another killed due to high pressure, I'm not interested in seeing more. Allegedly, it has sprinklers that can fill the tank with a liquid of your choice. Acid, hot water, anything. But I'm sure if this is true, this place also contains heavy R equivalents of child porn sites. Don't go to the website unless you want to end up in jail. This is only a microscopic part of the deep web, and there is so much more to see, and there is much more I can tell you. And I want to say more at the moment since it's already very risky for me to post this on a public site. There isn't exactly a sea of people using these sites, and it would be pretty very easy to find me if it wasn't due to the fact that I'm hiding behind a proxy. So I would just leave this here, and I hope I've cleared some things up, end quote, of that transcript. Jesus. Good grief, that is scary. You know what? Oh, jeez. So that's the dark web in a nutshell. And as we sit here in silence... None of us have ever accessed this, and we don't care to. I mean, I, I didn't even know that there was, like, anything beyond what you see. So, uh, I got an article from the Huffington Post. This was back in August 20th, 2015. It's called, the article is titled, What You Should Know About the Dark Web, an Anonymous Haven for Hackers. And this is what it says, and I quote, ISIS used it. The Ashley Madison hackers used it. But chances are you're not so familiar with the so-called dark web, a hidden network of websites that require special tools to access. 
The appeal of such a network is obvious. Users can remain anonymous if they play their cards right, which means they can exchange sensitive information and make illicit business deals without fear of retaliation from law enforcement. Going down a couple of paragraphs. Under normal circumstances, you can imagine a line between your computer and whatever site it's connecting to. If you Google the phrase IP address, you'll see the number that corresponds to your device and its real-world location. But if you were to use software like Tor, your computer would take a random path to its destination, bouncing around a variety of encrypted connections that ultimately mask your location and identity. That's a simply way of hacking. Uh, thinking that's a simple way of thinking about it. But you can see why hackers, cyber criminals, and whistleblowers would be attracted to communities on the dark web. Such communities allow them to share information and make business deals without fear or fear of appraisal. So when hackers decided to release the identities of people who used the extramarital dating site Ashley Madison, they did it somewhere on the dark web, theoretically making themselves much harder for law enforcement to find. For the same reason, people who sympathize with ISIS, or the Islamic State group, uh, communicate and even seek funding via the dark web. And of course, an infamous black market called Silk Road operated much the same way, allowing people to buy and sell guns, drugs, and child porn online until it was shut down. Similarly, the dark web is where hackers deposited data from the 2014 Sony Pictures Entertainment hack, uh, unleashing droves of information that could have gone undetected for an untold number of days if the attackers hadn't publicized their work. Uh, while law enforcement agencies have attempted crackdowns, recent research shows that illegal markets on the dark web still do millions upon millions of dollars in business every year. Silk Road met its untimely end in large part because its founder made sloppy mistakes off of the dark web. All of this is to say, much of it may seem unsavory, but the dark web is still a powerful tool harnessed regularly, and one that certainly isn't going anywhere. Jeez. Do you want to keep going, or is that enough? Uh, if you want to keep on going, I'm just, like, speechless right now. Okay, tell me what you're thinking. Wow, there's a lot of sick, um, sick fuds around here. <laughs> around the web. <laughs> Deep web. Jeez. Like, oh, man. You know, you nurse the web. It's like Inception. Oh, yeah. Exception had the whole, like, different layers until you finally got into the core of your memory. This is like the internet type of Inception, except if you keep on going deep, it's like a ooey, like, the webs are like, instead of, like, webs, it's like, like, ooey substance, like, like, tar and all that stuff. It's, like, disgusting, basically. Yeah, and Etika, who we talked about previously a couple of months ago, he went on the dark web, and he deleted it, and then somebody re-uploaded it again. But like you were telling me before we uh, came on, uh, he, he was sitting in a dark room, and his eyes were like bulging out of his head. And then like they even had, they even had um, fa his fans were telling him to get off of it. Yeah, like they were trying to, but he. It was like, he looked like he's, he, should I do this? I think he's like, sh like, he was kind of like determined not to, but some people were like, yeah, do it, do it. And some people were like, no, don't do it. You might, somebody might kill you. Somebody might do something to you. I'm telling you, man, that's not something to mess around with. I mean, and then like they said, once you get in, it's hard to get out of it. 
it's like a drug almost. Like once you're addicted to it, you can't get away from it. And these people that come back from it that they, they try to, you know, get their lives back together after it. But getting back into the whole TED talk that Alan Pierce did, uh, he mentioned three threats that made such demand feasible. Uh, the National Security Agency has already explained in some parts what is the dark web, rampant commercialization and criminals and sickos. Uh, VMP, VPN comes in handy whenever you feel like ad block is no longer enough. You don't mind anymore if YouTube starts suggesting other videos based on your viewing history of Google pitches you products based on keywords that you typed on the search box. So if you're not exactly proud of your browsing history and would never want to get your privacy compromised simply because of what you Googled, VPN then becomes an option for you. VPN also comes in handy when you have a government out on a fishing expedition. Or so Mr. Pierce tried to imply in his TED Talk. Going back to his speech, he repeated what some folks had asked him, and this is what he said, and I quote, Why are they monitoring us all? I think they do it simply because they can. Every government would want to know what its people are saying and thinking. After all, information is power. So bear that in mind. Next time there is a terrorist event, like the appalling murder in Wool Lake, South London, he shows a banner headline from the major newspaper that read, Soldier Beheaded in London Street. As quick as a flash, the government used that as an opportunity to say, we need to monitor the public at large. We need more monitoring. So literally, Big Brother. <laughs> yeah, but in a good way. You know, how people always say Big Brother is like this thing that's just watching us all the time, that it needs to be stopped. Well, in terms of people's safety, I mean, as you heard previously, what we said in the beginning of the episode, ISIS uses this. I mean, they're using My Little Pony to just speak in code. They use that. I mean, they're they're not afraid to use that at all. I mean, you have, I can't imagine that people have been using this for anything else, like anything terroristic at all. So, I mean, it's good to monitor these things, but at the same time, like, they have found a way to get past the government. So they've got to try to do as much as they can to protect everybody, especially in this country. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that one time that there was an incident when ISIS was trying to tell a kid how to make a bomb, and... They were chatting up, talking about how to create a bomb through the PS4, and it was ISIS. So, it was like, it was crazy. Yeah. And then, it kind of reminds me when you were talking about Modern, it kind of reminded me of that Jon Snowden movie. Have you seen that, Snowden? Um, I have not seen it, but I know about the whole Edward Snowden situation. Uh... I said Jon Snow. I'm thinking of Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. Yes, Edward Snowden. <laughs> yeah. God, you got me into that loop too. I am sorry, Edward Snowden, if you're listening to this from whatever country you're in right now. I don't even know where you're in asylum right now. Uh, he's in uh, Russia. Oh, he's still in Russia. Okay. So we have we're like Jon Snowden. <laughs> you just combine those two characters into one. <laughs> yeah, that's something. But um, yeah, like he figured out that the government is trying to monitor everybody trying to like even through the bathrooms through Michael like during the interview when he was being interviewed by um, I think it was the Washington Post or Huffington Post um, about these he wanted to get interviewed to share the world about this he punted all the, the electronics in the microwave and they done it on pen and p paper basically and a tape recorder made out of like like a real actual tape recorder not like electronic so like the old ones that they used to use like old technology just to not leak out 
I'll ask you a question. Do you think the existence of the dark web is the ultimate middle finger to the authorities that spy on people? Somewhat, yeah. Like, they're getting away with it. Under, like, ground. It's like an underground. Like, civil... It's like an underground city. Where crime spree is rampant. And you get to do whatever you want to. Like, you could get away with it without nobody noticing it. Here's another question. Or is the dark web a world where individuals may hide to enjoy their hideous eccentricities in the dark? That too. Mostly both. It's like a win-win scenario for people that are sick and sadistic and needs to be, like, needs to go somewhere. Like, either needs to go to an electric chair or have the needle on them or go to a prison. That's what I'm thinking. We should have, like, you would think that the government would have the smarts to have people that are going undercover to do opera, like operation something to go into the deep web and c uncover these people. Oh, they'd have to go through so much training to do that. Psychological training, mental ch training. That would be the worst thing to have to go through. It's not something that doesn't affect you. I mean, that's that's got to be, like, rooted in the deepest training imaginable. Getting inside, I mean, you'd have to be like a phantom, in a sense. And I'm using a Phoenix Wright reference because there is a villain in that in that in that video game series where the the main villain of one of the games has no emotions whatsoever except for fear and pretty much that's how he was trained as a spy so you know if you were to be like an undercover spy or just like anything undercover like that you need to go into it with no emotions whatsoever but understanding what your mission is and whether they want to combat this or not i mean i'm sure they are i'm sure they're trying to do everything they possibly can to try to get this done but at the same time you know they're still getting away with this and they know about it and they're then they're probably chuckling to themselves while all of this is going on that's why there's a movie being made on it in july it's like the ultimate summer horror movie but i don't think people are going to see it and if they do then they'll probably say it's a piece of crap because most horror movies do it's i mean it's not a quiet place or get out but i mean i would I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be negative on it because i do believe that one day we will see a headline that says the dark web is gone like it is permanently destroyed it may take uh, it may take until I, we're after we're all dead or it could be a little when we get old but it's gonna be a while i'll say that much I think. Until like the Bitcoin crash or probably something like that or or somebody does something stupid and then reveals themselves. I mean, you saw what happened when the leader one of the leaders for these dark websites, they made the stupid mistake of going back to the to the, back to the surface and doing stupid things that ended up getting them in trouble. It's gonna end up backfiring one day. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be like a nuke. Not just a gunfire, like a nuke to the internet, to the deep web. Oh yeah, I'm sure they're gonna. Uh, I'm sure it's gonna be like the. And I don't want to compare it to the Hiroshima bombings, but um, it's gonna be yeah, like you said, it's gonna be like one of those things that just completely wipes it out. It could be like uh, Thanos snapping his fingers and just like wiping half of the internet, and that half is the deep dark. Like he wants to create a better version 
That's Thanos' motivation. He saw the dark web and was like, okay, I gotta wipe out half this population. Yeah, just like that. And it's just... Yeah. He's probably wondering why the heroes, Marvel heroes, are like, what are you doing? Have you not seen this shit? Like, no. We don't know what you're talking about. We're all trying to be, a, we're trying to be an organization. God, the things that you have not seen. Well, that's going to do it for us for this episode of Legends of the Internet. This has been the Dark Web. I do want to thank a couple of people. I do want to thank Jing, who's all the way out in the Philippines. She actually took the time and day to get, uh, help me come up with some things to talk about for tonight. And she is an absolute treasure, and I adore her for it. So thank you, Jing. I also want to thank Dev for coming on with me tonight. His first ever Legends episode. How was it? It was pretty intense, and not like any other um, Legends that I've been watching ever since the, you all first started. <laughs> yes. Um, for those of you that are listening on uh, different podcasting websites, uh, Legends first started on YouTube way back on uh, Halloween night of uh, 2016. Actually, a couple of days before Halloween. Uh, I want to say October 29th, but... We've been doing this roughly for a year and a half on YouTube, and then we have uh, sort of ventured into the podcasting world because um, I know some people have actually talked about the dark web on podcasts, but um, we just wanted to get our version out there, so to speak. I also want to thank Kate, who's my manager. Uh, she's been, you know, she's been very creative in helping me behind the scenes and everything. I want to thank Jamie, my assistant, who has been. Um, you know, just been trying to help me get, you know, things sorted out and trying to come up with some ideas. Uh, I want to thank Hisugi, Console Gaming. Uh, I also want to thank Jing again. And I also want to thank Justin, who was going to be on with us tonight, but he couldn't unfortunately make it. They are all my associate producers. So I'm very thankful for that. I also want to thank Kai Jewel. He's also another uh, associate producer. And I want to thank all of you out there that have been listening to us since the beginning you guys you know you wanted us to talk about this but you know me having to review everything all the notes it was really really difficult and i can't imagine you know this was just like the first episode i mean obviously we got a lot more that you guys had voted for and asked for us to talk about so I thank you guys very much, because without your support and without your desire to hear these legends that we talk about, we wouldn't be here tonight. So Dev won't be on with me to next week, because he is part of a division of co-hosts that have been selected to talk about certain topics. But next week, we're going to be talking about Shadman. For all of you out there, I just want to inform you, Twitter handle is at Jodini Legend. Same thing with the Instagram page. Um, and I also have a website that you can go to. I do have now an official website where you can catch all the different uh, Legends episodes that we have talked about. It's joedini.squarespace.com. That's where you'll find all of the uh, first two seasons of Legends of the Internet and the few episodes of PJs and Wine that we have done over the past couple of, uh, couple of weeks. And I will be putting all my other podcasts in that network pretty soon. My Facebook website is actually facebook.com slash Podcast, And I also want to inform all of you guys that we have a Patreon page as well. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash Dini, and there you can find some of the rewards that we have for you 
One of them includes a shout-out. I also want to shout-out um, Noah, who's one of the first Patreons that we have. Um, he, I just wanted to give a shout-out to him because of it. So, for a Patreon, you can get a shout-out. You can also have us plug your social media page if you so desire. Um, you can request future episodes that we talk about. Uh, if there's anything like you want us to talk about in terms of requests, you can do that reward. You can meet us by a Google Hangout that's off the air, so kind of like what me and Dev are doing right now, but you'll actually get to talk to us offline. And the last reward is you get to be on a podcast of your choosing. So if you decide that you want to be on this podcast uh, for an episode, then you could do so for a reward. So all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash Jodini, and you can start doing that as well in terms of uh, being a local patron. So, until next week, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you all later. Bye, everybody.